Welcome to the Lonely Fan Sports Show. I am Josh Anderson. In this episode, this is episode 29. I screwed up a little bit in the last episode. I said episode 27. I meant episode 28, but uh, let's get back on track. And this will be episode 29. I've been doing a lot of Supercross lately, but uh, let's do some NFL football. The NFL draft is about two weeks away. So let's get back to NFL football. Obviously, the Vikings are my favorite team. I have watched them my entire life, and I hope they get back on track this year. Obviously, when we look at the Minnesota Vikings going back to when they made the playoffs, uh, Kirk Cousins won his first uh Playoff game against the New Orleans Saints. That was the last time that obviously stadiums were packed. And it was I was shocked that he won the game. He threw that deep pass to Thielen. Uh, you know, it was kind of... Drew Brees wasn't really passing the ball deep. He threw an interception. And the Vikings defense is playing spectacular. Obviously, they lost the following week because... They lost against a better team to the 49ers. Obviously, that 49ers team beat the Packers. Now, they lost to the Kansas City Chiefs. They probably could have won that Super Bowl if the uh, 49er offense was not necessarily so conservative. But, you know, things happen the way they do. And, obviously, the Chiefs won that Super Bowl. But back to the Vikings. The, the the following 2020 season, obviously things weren't, e- even if the pandemic didn't happen, my hopes for the team was not high. I, I told my wife this, that, uh, you know, the, there was so much turnover going to happen on the team and the, the secondary, which was starting to struggle towards the end of the 2019 team really I don't know I just I had a feeling it was the first time especially in in the Mike Zimmer regime you know it was the first time in a long time I told myself in my heart don't look forward to this team doing anything and through I'll get point in a little bit in the season hey maybe we could do something but at least in the beginning of the year, I was to myself that this team wasn't going to do anything. And I was sitting at home at the first game of the season, and they just got drilled by the Packers. The game, even though the game was 43-34, the Vikings were not in, in that game at all. It was, I, I don't even know how the Packers gave up 34 points, frankly, but um, the Vikings were, got destroyed. It was pretty much embarrassing to watch. And then the following week, I don't know. You could definitely tell that the Vikings made some changes after the first two games because Justin Jefferson uh, really made a difference in the third week of the season. So you kind of maybe maybe not having a training camp really made the difference and they, they put Jefferson in. But either way, you look at the, the next game in Tennessee, they realistically should have won that game, and it was just, they started out 0-3. They realistically should have been 1-2 and that game, but uh, the first win, obviously, was in Houston, and it was one of those games, they could they could actually could have started out 0-4, and people were maybe realistically, should Mike Zimmer get, be fired, but it is a COVID year, so... And most people should realize that this team was not going to win many games to begin with. So I think a lot of people were really confused that they gave Kirk Cousins a contract extension anyway. So uh, then they lost a close game in Seattle when Kirk actually did play well. The defense gave that one up. Atlanta, I think the... Kirk cost him the Atlanta game. I, I didn't watch this game uh, up because I was uh, actually furniture shopping this day. But um, I stopped at a restaurant, and it was uh, 
Kirk just threw a lot of interceptions early, and it, you know, so if uh, you look at any of these early games, they could have been one and two, uh, two and two, three and two, four and two. They could have easily been four and two entering their bye week, and then five and two, six and two, seven and two, uh, any of those games afterwards. But um, either way, they were one and five going into their bye, and they did rectify their season with three straight wins, uh, a very impressive win uh, in Green Bay. I, I don't know what was going in, uh, what what the Packers are doing. That loss that uh, the Packers had there kind of gave a glimpse on how to beat the Packers. Um, other teams did emulate that uh, in the playoffs. Obviously, Tampa Bay did. Uh, they beat Detroit um, they did twice. I, that was, Detroit was a terrible team both games. Um, Chicago, the Chicago win. I, I they went at Chicago. That was an extremely frustrating game. No matter what happens. In Chicago, I, I feel that it's just like grinding your teeth. So uh, at least they got that win. The Dallas loss, I was my we were doing some remodeling in our house, but I was paying attention to that game, and that was I have no idea what the defense was doing in that specific game because they were just giving up missed tackles over and over again. So. That was another loss that basically they maybe could have won the playoffs again because they did have the expanded playoffs. Uh, they had the Carolina win, which they kind of got lucky there. They had the Jacksonville win, which they came back to win that game. Um, the Tampa Bay, obviously, Tampa Bay wasn't playing that well that specific game. Because, um, uh, obviously... They dominated the first quarter, the Vikings did, but they just didn't put enough points up early. So Tampa Bay came right back, and they eventually won the game 26-14. They lost the game against Chicago, just didn't score enough points. And then the they got drilled on Christmas Day, 52-33. to That was probably the most embarrassing loss that I've seen as a Viking fan since any, maybe the 2013 days of when Aaron Rodgers was virtually playing against um, the Viking secondary of anybody off the street. I think they lost a few games, like 40 to nothing, close to that. And then uh, obviously they won the last game of the season, which Kirk Cousins at 405 yards. So, 7-9 uh, season for the 2020 Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Throughout the season, they didn't have Daniil Hunter. Uh, they lost Eric Hendricks. Uh, Anthony Barr got hurt. Uh, they had the rookie secondary uh, virtually the entire way out. Um, Stefan Diggs got traded before the season. Uh, Justin Jefferson was a rookie. So they, even though he had immense production throughout the year, that is still a worry. They realistically did not have much production from Kyle Rudolph throughout the whole entire year, so that was a that's a problem that they need to resolve going into 2021. Um, what else did they have? They need to find a number three and number four wide receiver going into the future, and that because in 2020 that that's kind of a non-existent position for the Minnesota Vikings, and that's something that is kind of Moving forward, a problem that was kind of a, an issue in 2018, uh, 2018, and tw even in, in 2019 as well. Uh, that third wide receiver bit, even with Diggs and Thielen, you know, you have two good wide receivers there, but if you don't have production up in the middle, uh, it doesn't really help you in, in that route. So, um, offensively, offensive, offensive line still struggles in, in that bit. Uh, they had much issues there. Uh, defensively had struggles preventing the uh, run defense so um, they had the uh, your interior lineman interior lineman that you signed from the Baltimore Ravens obviously he opted up from COVID but obviously maybe he possibly regretted that uh, I believe his name is Pierce but he uh, decided to to do that so um, the Vikings got shredded up the middle obviously um so hopefully they correct that so 
we'll talk more about that here in a little bit, um, what the needs for uh, NFL draft. But uh, moving on to uh, off-season additions. As soon as I pull it up here, I apologize. Uh, sorry. Um, uh, Vikings. So defensive end Stephen Weatherly comes back. Uh, should help on the death if, well, first of all, there's reports on, we don't know what's going on with Daniil Hunter. Uh, he kind of did some Twittering of potentially being traded. Now, lately, I, that's been quieted down. So uh, there's kind of been back and forth if Daniil Hunter wants to be the highest paid player on the team or NFL or what's going on there. But right now, for this moment in time, that position has been very, very quiet on both sides. So hopefully they're working working it out with each other because uh, the Vikings can't afford to lose a premier player like that. Uh, I hope they uh, figure it out. So uh, either way, they signed back Weatherly to help the issue there. Obviously, uh, the Vikings had some issues with uh, they kind of got I uh, I can't pronounce the guy's name no offense they traded from Jacksonville but it proved kind of a waste of a draft pick because he uh, didn't follow what Zimmer wanted kind of was doing his own thing and then they traded him to a different team so basically kind of cost him a from a second to a third round pick so I don't know uh, Rashad Hill. Viking Minnesota Vikings held on to several of their own in-house free agents, including including tackle Rashad Hill, receiver Chad Beebe, and running back Abdul Amir Abdullah. So that's good for them. Uh, but I, I think they could do better on no matter what they do there. So, uh, so like I said, Stephen Weatherly is coming back. That's good for depth, uh, especially on the defensive line. Uh, Vikings release kicker Dan Bailey. Uh, that was another problem in the 2020 season. Uh, that was a, especially I believe in the, towards the end of the season in the Tampa Bay game, lots of missed field goals. Uh, he is going to affect, obviously because of COVID, the cap went down. Now I understand that the TV contracts were signed, and they just announced that, that a new um, betting league is going to be getting another billion dollar deals but because those are future contracts that those won't won't help to future cap hits and because of so much debt arising because of no fans obviously that those aren't going to come about so players are going to get frustrated by why is the cap going down but you have to remember when debt is arising because of all these stadiums being built that you still have bills to be paid so with that said, uh, we'll have to see if the kicking game becomes an issue because you are you do need top tier talent to make field goals in this league. Uh, you know you kind of wish that Dan Bailey would have worked out because you just signed him to a new contract. But for right now, uh, he does have some dead cap coming off of this upcoming 2021 season. So uh, Vikings restructured Britton Colquitt's contract. They gained uh, $1.3 million in cap space. Hopefully they use that well. Uh, the Vikings restructured Anthony Barr's contract. So with that said, they eliminated some years. So this could be his final year of uh, with the Minnesota Vikings. Um, some fans are happy about that. Some fans are not necessarily happy about that because some people like him. My only issue is he, he did struggle the year where Josh Allen did jump over him. That was extremely frustrating to watch, but uh, there were some games where he was running behind the Rams players. I think that was the 2018 season. But overall, we'll, we'll see what happens with him. He, he is a Pro Bowl player when he is in the right positions and if he stays healthy, but... Uh, Obviously, he did decide to stay here outside of going to the New York Jets. Uh, hopefully, he stays healthy and has a good year going into the 2021 season. Uh, one outlook that we have to look at in this upcoming draft is the offensive line. 
Uh, we did get rid of Riley Reef, which created $11 million in cap space for the Vikings. But that did open up a big hole in the offensive line, which we'll have to look, uh, like I said, in the draft. Um, we did resign Rashad Hill. So that's death at tackle, but that doesn't necessarily help the whole uh, top tier talent in the offensive line. And when you're looking for Kirk Cousins, uh, he needs help. He's not that mobile. So uh, hopefully, maybe in the draft, they. Uh, find something uh vikings signed uh former giants defensive tackle dalvin tomlinson to a two-year 22 million dollar deal so uh like i said uh one of the issues the vikings had last season was uh interior pressure or i mean i'm uh, sorry interior pressure well interior pressure yes but uh run defense and uh they're trying to shear that up with this signing right here uh, they also signed linebacker Nick Virgil. Uh, that's just going to be um, a little bit more depth on the linebacker field. Uh, they released Shamar Stefan. Obviously, when they signed uh, um, their uh, other guy that I just named, obviously you're not you're going to need uh, the room for him. Uh, the big uh, the big signing this offseason that the Vikings made was well. Their first-round draft pick from last season is charged with felonies. So, he, uh, obviously, they are going to have holes. So, they're probably going to draft cornerbacks. But uh, the Vikings signed cornerback Patrick Peterson to a one-year $10 million deal. Uh, we'll have to see what Patrick Peterson has left in the tank because uh, we, we just don't know. He is getting a little bit long in the tooth. Uh, we have seen from Mike Zimmer's defense that he's not necessarily going to be running a lot of man coverage. He does a lot, run a lot more zone over the last few years, so that may help Patrick Peterson. So hopefully Patrick does well. Uh, the Mike Zimmer defense was uh, young this last season, which did hurt, but a little bit more experience, and Patrick Peterson will be able to help in that case. Uh, to help more cap, Space. Uh, Adam Thielen did restructure, so hopefully that helps a little bit more with that. Uh, uh, the one, um, uh, the other cornerback that they brought back was Mackenzie Alexander. Uh, we'll see how that works out. Uh, hopefully, hopefully he is better than. Um, uh, they also signed Xavier Rhodes, Xavier Woods. Sorry, not Xavier Woods. Sorry. Um, we'll see what happens there. Uh, the one thing about Kenzie Alexander, he, he did struggle a little bit be right before he left, but we'll see what happens. He says he's a little bit better since he's come back, but we'll have to see. Uh, the one thing that's going to be interesting for the Vikings that it was announced that, uh, the Vikings was, is set to forfeit, uh, a seventh round draft pick for a salary cap violation so we'll have to see how much it says they're gonna, just going to give up a seventh round draft pick which for rick spielman he does value value those uh seventh round draft picks realistically very highly so we'll see but uh usually the vikings usually don't find themselves in those kind of areas of trouble but in this situation, he, he they do. So uh, that was so far the off-season transactions. It, it kind of was fairly small. But uh, uh, we're moving on to uh, where we need depth in the draft. So looking at the upcoming 2021 draft for the Minnesota Vikings, it's going to be a very important draft if this team wants to make the playoffs because they do have a opportunity to actually go deep into the playoffs. Now people are going to laugh at me and say the Vikings. Now they were only seven and nine, but if they can, if if the offense, the offense was not the problem last season. The offense early on was was the problem. Because they they weren't scoring enough points, but if if Kirk Cousins plays now, 
Kirk Cousins struggles a lot. But there are a lot of games now outside of the Atlanta Falcon game. And, but outside of that game, there were a lot of games where he was on it. And, you know, there's a lot of games when you look at Kirk Cousins, you can tell the first play, the first drive of the game, where if, if he's going to be on or not. And, you know, people, you can fight me on that one if you want to, people. But, it, but when you look at Kirk Cousins, he last season he played he played good to great if you give him a better defense if you give him the 2017 defense they i i can pretty much argue that they would have won the super bowl that year or at least gotten the vikings to the super bowl that year and i i would fight anyone to that argument to there either way looking at the 2021 draft I, I honestly looking there, um, I, I have a hard press saying that the Vikings are not. I in the first round, I, I have a hard time believing they're going to draft a quarterback unless a mystically somebody falls to them. They just because of the way Kirk Cousins' uh, contract kind of goes to them, uh, it's it's just going to be the way it's going to be. Uh, it's just. I think the way it's structured is it's going to um, become guaranteed at the first league, uh, the first day of the league year or something kind of screwy like that. So he's going to be on the team this year and next year. And then the following year, the Vikings can finally dump him if they really want to. So at least 2021 and 2022, Kirk Cousins will be on the Minnesota Vikings. So because of the way they structured said contract they have to at least work with him and give him the weapons and protect him so they have the running back and they paid the running back and dalvin cook and so they have alexander madison who can back up dalvin cook and then they have amir adula who they resign so from the quarterback position and the running back position they have that filled so then they have Adam Thielen and they have Justin Jefferson. So that's a good one-two punch. And so when you look at the depth chart where they start to struggle in that position is uh, the third wide receiver and fourth wide receiver. Uh, no offense to Chad Beebe, but he's not exactly the most, the fastest guy in the world. And I, I feel that they need to upgrade in this position. And the one addition, uh, sorry, the one position or the one guy who I forgot to add on is Kyle Rudolph is no longer on this team. I, I forgot to mention that, but the Vikings released him. And Kyle Rudolph really uh, is now on the New York Giants. And I feel even though that he was a fan favorite, the Vikings kind of held on to him one year too long and that is a uh, not saying that Irv Smith in the tight end position may, maybe he can be an upgrade but that is a trouble area of the Vikings offense through Kirk Cousins couple of years now where there's uh, there's there's a lack of a problem in this offense that there's there's just something missing and I, I think Diggs kind of highlighted this point it's not necessarily throwing the ball of digs all the time but there's there's something missing in this offense and obviously Kyle Rudolph was not necessarily the solution to this but there's something missing to where maybe Diggs could or in this case it's going to be Justin Jefferson now where they can get more balls thrown to them or maybe uh Adam Thielen can get more balls but um, either way there needs to be a third and fourth option that's more viable for Kirk Cousins that going forward and hopefully in this draft they are able to find it or maybe an uh, Irv Smith because you know there were many games going forward towards the end of the season when Tyler, Con Tyler Conkren uh, was able to get in and he actually was getting more production 
in the field. He was getting touchdowns. He was getting yards after the catch. Stuff that Kyle Rudolph could only dream of. I don't know if that's because Kyle Rudolph was getting older or it was just more of they weren't doing those type of uh, plays with Kyle Rudolph. But either way, um, sorry, it was just more of what, what's going on here. Uh, but either way, uh, the one thing in this draft that the Vikings need to focus on outside of finding a third option on this offense outside for, for receptions and stuff is they need to upgrade this offensive line. Because right now, uh, for the Vikings, um, they only have two positions on this offensive line that are ready to go, and that's Brian O'Neill and Garrett Bradbury, uh, the center and right tackle. Other than that, um, they have nobody, and, and that, that's, that's a problem. They have no depth, and they have no guaranteed starters. So uh, they got a hit on their draft picks, and they better hope as hell they hit on their draft picks or trade because um, it, it, that that's their defense. I think they've solved their defensive problems going into uh, going into 2021. But if they don't solve their offensive line problems, that is what's going to hold them back going into the going into the playoffs. Obviously, they have an extra game going into 2021 but the what's going to hold back the Minnesota Vikings in 2021 is going to be their offensive line and right now so far this offseason they have done absolutely nothing to improve their offensive line and that is a problem so uh, defensive line as long as Daniil Hunter is on the team that's going to be good uh, Michael Pierce hopefully plays. Dalvin Thomason uh, is in the go. Stephen Weatherly is back. And then it uh, looks like Nick Virgil will be the left side backer. And then Eric Kendricks and Barr is back. Um, Cameron, Dan, uh, looks like Harrison Smith, Xavier Woods will be the safeties, and Patrick Peterson. Uh, they have Jeff Glanley in as a second-year corner, but I can't see that. I, I don't. I honestly, unless he gets a hell of a plea deal, I don't think he's going to be able to play again in the NFL. So uh, when you're looking at the depth chart for the, or at least in the NFL draft, the Vikings are going to have to look at uh, cornerback. And then, like I said, I, I think for the Vikings drafting, it's going to be offensive line. Look for that third wide receiver option and then look for cornerbacks. Those are where they're really going to have to uh, um, realistically look look heavily at their team. Otherwise, they're going to be a world of hurt. So, all right. Looking at other NFL NFL news, you have to look at the uh, the the um, obviously the TV contracts were signed. So obviously, so the CBA was done, uh, and then now the the referee contract was done. And then now they have the TV contracts are done. So that's good to know. Uh, the biggest thing on the uh, TV contracts is that uh, Amazon is going to be getting the uh, Thursday night package. Uh, some people might be bummed out on that, but uh, it's it's the way of the future. Uh, I, I, I think some people just complaining about that is just going to bitch just, just a bitch. Um, a lot of the people are streaming now. Most people have Netflix, so uh, Amazon Prime is not that much money. Uh, it's not that hard to get. Um, just just do it. It's 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 fine. Plus, not a lot of people are actually watching. I think it's it realistically depends upon the matchup on Thursday Night Football anyway. If you want to watch it, um, right now the biggest problem when looking at the off season, there's a bunch of teams that aren't necessarily are want to boycott the NFL uh, the NFL and the NFLPA are kind of arguing the off-season workout issue and the NFLPA kind of doesn't want to wants all virtual and I think Pro Football Talk kind of outlays this kind of perfectly where the players are kind of run by 
older players now they're they kind of kind of come across lately and they're not doing this and they feel that they want to protect everybody protect people's families and everything but i don't know i i feel that that the older players just don't want to work in 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 some regard in this aspect and and they have to realize that younger players are going to want to get the word out there and they just uh there's a lot of teams like the packers and a few others that have about five to three to five million dollars tied into their off-season workout bonuses that they're gonna have to realize that they're gonna have to basically come in and work so i think we'll find out on monday if these teams are going to do what they're going to do. So the labor deal has 10 years left on it. Um, looks like last year going into the pandemic, it looked like the league and the players uh, players union looked to be good to go. We're agreeing to everything. And now uh, things are off the rails the fact of the matter is is that we have major league baseball going on we have the nba ncaa basketball just ended we have all these other sporting events we have supercross going on we have nascar going on we have nhra going on and they're all safely doing their own things i i just don't understand why the NFLPA is pushing this right now because these are all voluntary you don't necessarily have to go and it's always been this case so uh I just then you could always argue then you need to have your players work your contracts better in your contracts so Either way, that's kind of where we're at with the NFLPA and the NFL. The other issue going on that's kind of big is the Deshaun Watson sexual assault uh, case. Um, if you if you've been following that the last month, the case is now up to twenty two. It kind of went down to twenty one, but it's back up to twenty two. Uh, if you've been paying attention to the case the two lawyers have been going back and forth deshaun watson is maintaining he did not do anything inappropriately uh one of the women or two of the women admitted their names and they detailed their stories and how they wanted to basically said what happened and then put their like said their names out there uh uh rusty harden deshaun watson's lawyer it did an emergency file we're basically stating that they all had to um all the people filing lawsuits had to put their names out there uh 21 of the 22 stated that they would do that and they will which basically i you'd always think that maybe uh rusty harden wanted uh maybe a few more to drop out looks like just one did so it's going to be an, still an uphill battle for Deshaun Watson to beat 21 of the 22 cases. The one bad, it's an interesting argument for Deshaun Watson to beat is that he admitted that he does have sexual encounters with different massage therapists. And it's just, I don't know, if for the Texans' point of view... It's going to be hard to trade him from this point forward. A lot of people want him to be on the commissioner's exempt list. And it's just it, it, it's a tough situation no matter who, you, which side you want to be on. I, I have a hard time believing that he's going to be. I, I don't even think he's going to be playing in the league from this point forward because just how bad of a situation it is. And with all, because a lot of these women have, at least six of them, have gone to the police and reported there. So one could argue that this could be a career ender still for Deshaun Watson. So we'll see. It's still hanging over the NFL draft. 
especially every single time the Texans are going to be picking because obviously this is going to be affecting the uh, Texans every single time they pick. So we'll see what happens after that. Uh, anyway, uh, real quickly, the biggest highlights on teams um, through the remaining part of the uh, season. Um, it's been in the... Started out pretty big. Uh, J.J. Watt start, signed with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, that was a very interesting signing. I did not have him pegged going there, but uh, I it, when it comes to the Arizona Cardinals, it's always going to be about how far the quarterback can take them. Uh, their defense should be solid, but it's going to be the quarterback development. Obviously, they have the top-tier wide receiver. But like I said, it's going to be all about um, how far how far the quarterback can go. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons are going to be dealing with a new coach, and we'll see how far how smooth the transition for uh, the new coach could be. And obviously, they're going to be dealing with a, a Super Bowl winning Tampa Bay Buccaneer team, and how good um, virtually the entire team is coming back there. And they also have to deal with Matt Ryan and how much of a decline he is going to go through because obviously last season did not... The team's been on a decline since they lost the Super Bowl against Tom Brady and they still have to play him two games a year. They're going to benefit from a struggling Carolina Panther team and a struggling New Orleans team. New Orleans team. So they should win four games that route. But they're still going to struggle against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Baltimore Ravens, they had a very interesting offseason. They lost Mark Ingram. Uh, other than that, they have yet to address the uh, elephant in the room, and that is the wide receiver position. And uh, that is the problem area that they need to um, kind of improve upon because... That is the weak link to the team, and you, you, your running quarterback can only be good for so long before he starts getting hit because that athletic ability is going to go away slowly but surely. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, they uh, signed their uh, star safety, Micah Hyde, to a long-term extension. They released John Brown. Which, you know, John Brown had, had his uh, good points, but um, they, uh, I guess they decided to uh, exchange him. They re-signed re a bunch of players, Matt Milano, Darrell Williams, and John Feliciano. So they were getting their in-house players correctly, which is fine. Uh, the Buffalo Bills have drafted and traded well. Obviously, they traded for Stefan Diggs last season, so... They should win the division next year. I, I don't foresee any teams coming up any point or any time soon that's going to rival the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Carolina Panthers, um, obviously they they signed Pat Offline to a three-year contract, which the Vikings still have him. Uh, they re-signed Taylor Mountain. Um, they traded for... I'm having a... Oh my God, Jets quarterback Sam Darnold. Uh, it's it's going to be. I don't know what that realistically means for for Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, obviously, Bridgewater still has a one year contract left. Uh, for Sam Darnold, this is going to be still a young quarterback, but still has a lot to prove. Ah. The problem, obviously, with Carolina is the lack of wide receiver talent. They have had that issue ever since uh, Cam Newton, and they still have not corrected that problem. So we'll see what happens there. Chicago Bears, uh, they, um, there's there's a lot, a lot of problems. But uh, they moved on from all of the quarterbacks, so we'll see what happens from there. Uh, so they're going to fresh look at the quarterback position. They resigned their kicker, and uh, that's pretty much from them. They uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, you, you, just, you just never 
realistically, you, you never really know what from there on. Uh, Bengals, not realistically, not much from there. Uh, the Cleveland Browns made a very, very interesting signing today. Um, my computer is being very slow all of a sudden. Uh, uh, Jadavian Clowney just signed a one-year contract today. That should be a very, that makes your defense even better. Uh, we'll see how much better that ends up being, uh, but it's always going to be on the quarterback, and if the quarterback can lead them any further than what he did last season, obviously the quarterback uh, made them much better, but obviously he needs to take another level into the following season. Uh, the Cowboys, they re-signed Dak Prescott. Uh, when it comes to the Cowboys going into 2021 is if they could elevate their defense to any better because their defense cost them a lot of games this past season. And then that's also going to be the health of Dak, Dak Prescott. Is he going to come back and be healthy? And then is he going to be playing at the level to which he was playing before he got hurt? Because the level that he was playing was just outrageous. So we'll have to see that. Uh, Lions. Lions are issuing in a new head coach. And so that, that's going to be a breath of fresh air. But with that said, uh, they traded for Jared Goff. So we'll have to see if that works out there. It's going to be the first time in a long time that they're not going to have Matthew Stafford. Uh, Jared Goff uh, only worked. I, I feel that he kind of is a system quarterback. So if he only worked in a certain system, so we'll see if he works in a different type of a system. So we'll have to, we'll have to see. Uh, they, they made some different changes too. They released uh, Desmond Tufant, uh, and then they released the their center, and then they so they released Justin Coleman and Jesse James. So and they released Joe Dahl. So they made a bunch of changes on the team. So we'll have to see if the Lions. Uh, if it's going to be a down year for them with the changing of a coach and uh, you know a big, lots of changes happening in that team. Uh, Green Bay, they re-signed Aaron Jones, and that's about it. Uh, lots of blame game over not being able to make moves because they were up against the cap. A lot of people blamed uh, Aaron Rodgers' contract. Obviously, it's been pretty quiet on if Aaron Rodgers is coming back or not. Uh, th those questions were pretty much had after the Buccaneers beat uh, Packers in the NFC Championship game. Uh, right now, uh, Aaron Rodgers has been doing Jeopardy, so you, you realistically don't know. But th the assumption is Rodgers is coming back. He was just kind of given a piss-poor attitude before then and there. Um, when it comes to the Packers in the draft, well, obviously – you kind of hope that they would give him a little bit more talent on the offensive side, but we'll see. You, you never know when it comes to the Packers. They probably will draft the quarterback again, knowing how that team does their – or they'll probably just draft defense, knowing how they do their operation. So, uh, Texans, they're dealing with the uh, shit show known as Deshaun Watson, but uh, they released J.J. Watt, which uh, a lot of people made note of that. Uh, and then they, uh, they really didn't do much. Uh, they released Josh McCown too. Uh, they signed Mark Ingram. That was probably the most, uh, that was probably the most noteworthy. They required right tackle Marcus Cannon from the Patriots. And then, uh, they signed Andre Roberts, signed Malik Collins. So they did do a few things this off season, but they, they, uh, because the previous administration was so bad with draft picks, they're kind of they're kind of stuck where they're at until they can start getting draft picks again. So we'll see what they can do moving forward. Uh, Indianapolis Colts, Philip Rivers announced retirement, so they got Carson Wentz from a trade. So Frank Wright, maybe he could change Carson Wentz's uh, mindset going forward. The Eagles. Well, they're not stuck with necessarily the most cap problems with that contract because obviously when you trade a guy, the dead cap is not going to hurt them as much. 
So we'll see what happens, and maybe Carson Wentz can play well. Play well. So we will see. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. They uh, basically really didn't do that whole much, even though they uh, have a lot of cap room. They declined uh, Tyler Eifert's contract so they can um, make him a free agent. They gave the uh, franchise tag to Cam Robertson, and they resigned Tyler Shatley, and then they resigned Trey Hurton, and then they signed defensive tackle Roy Robertson Harris. And that was about it. Not much. You know, you think maybe they would be a little bit more open to doing a little bit more business with the cap room, but obviously with COVID. They elected not to. The Kansas City Chiefs made some headlines this offseason that they released Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz. And then they uh, resigned, or sorry, they signed Joe Thunley to a five year contract. Um, they were up against the cap in a lot of different ways. So I, I think uh, what we're going to see is what we're going to get from Kansas City. It's going to be. We're going to get to a point where Patrick Mahomes, well, he had surgery too, but Mahomes is going to get to a point where he's going to have to elevate the team to a point where Tom Brady or a Aaron Rodgers level where uh, the contracts are going to be to a point where you're only going to have what you're going to have. Like the team's going to have to draft well or you're going to take less money. So uh, Raiders, uh, well, they had no Nathan, Nathan Peterman was still in the league, but he is. Uh, they signed him. Uh, anything noteworthy? Uh, they released Richie Cognito, and then uh, they acquired Trent Brown. That was about it for the Raiders. Uh, we'll have to see if um, if uh, they keep a quarterback situation. Uh, this is, I think, for the head coach is going to be a um, uh, make-or-break year for him. Uh, for the Chargers, new head coach, uh, Anthony Lynn, was fired. Uh, Mike Pouncey announced his retirement. Uh, other than that, it's just going to be development for their quarterback there. Uh, Lance, Las, Los Angeles Rams, obviously they got Matthew Stafford. So it's just getting him in fit into their system. And... Uh, Obviously, they have the legal situation with their defensive tackle now that they have to deal with. Uh, Miami Dolphins, uh, they released Kyle Van Noy, which he joined the New England Patriots. They signed kicker Jason Sanders, and then they signed Michael Parlidi to an undisclosed contract. So then... Uh, yeah, my Vikings went through that. Anything I really missed? I, I can't believe I missed the Kyle Rudolph with that one right there. Uh, New England Patriots did a lot of business. They re-signed Cam Newton. I, I honestly could not believe that they did that, but um, maybe they believed they could teach him to throw a ball, but uh, that, that's just, just me like that. It's going to be a very interesting uh, draft for the New England Patriots. We'll see how they can draft because uh, the last few years the draft picks for New England have been pretty terrible. But uh, moving forward, they need to improve. Uh, New Orleans Saints, uh, they had a lot, a lot of work to do because they had to uh, get under the cap. Obviously, Drew Brees retired, and that helped a lot. Um, they released Nick Easton. They released Jared Cook and Josh Hill. They released Thomas Morstead. Um, they uh, released Emmanuel Sanders. They released Janoris Jenkins. They released Malcolm Brown. I, ugh, that was a lot. Um, yeah, uh, the, the Saints are going to be terrible this year. It's, it's not even going to be close. The uh, Giants, they released Golden Tate. Uh, We'll see. Giants are going to be pretty much, it's all going to be quarterback dependent on them. Uh, Jets. Jets, pretty much, we'll, we'll see what happens to the Jets. The Jets are going to be, um, eh, I don't know. When it comes to the Jets, it's, it's, 
obviously they're going to be going for a, a Trevor Lawrence, a Justin Fields. It's it's kind of going to be where they feel that where 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 they feel that where what's going to be meeting their teams. Um, we're pretty much where they feel who's going to be the best guy. Obviously, you know Trevor Lawrence kind of red flags kind of in this ESPN interview, but obviously some, you you don't know if that media member maybe misled teams or I don't know. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles, obviously they get rid of Carson Wentz. They released uh, Deshaun Jackson and uh, we'll have to see going for there. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, they restructured Big Ben's contract. So that was kind of big there. And why did my computer just do that? That took off my notes. Uh, that's kind of frustrating. Uh, Steelers also had some cap issues, so uh, uh, so they had some. It will be interesting, interesting to see because they realistically have to keep pace with the Baltimore Ravens and Cleveland Browns. So if they can be are able to compete, uh, if they are able to keep a competitive team, I don't know, but. Uh, uh, Vance McDonald announces retirement. Maurice Pouncey announces retirement. So, um, but the, they did keep Juju. So uh, we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, 49ers, they kind of don't want to keep their quarterback anymore. So it'll be interesting to see if they draft the quarterback going into the following year. They realistically didn't really do too much in the offseason couple of re-signings here or there. Uh, Seahawks, uh, Greg Olson announces retirement, and then they had some off-season issues with Russell Wilson. Uh, that has realistically kind of quieted down, so uh, we'll have to see what goes from there, if there's any issues going on through middle of the season, if there's anything at all. Uh, Tampa Bay obviously re-signed Tom Brady to another one-year extension to lower his cap hit so that he could franchise tag Chris Godwin, re-sign Luante David, and then they uh, re-signed uh, basically their entire team. They're all back. Uh, Tennessee Titans didn't really do much on the else they released except them. they released Malcolm Butler and Ken- Kenny Valcro. Um... Washington sadly released Alex Smith. I have not seen him sign anywhere, which is extremely sad. And then they uh, pretty much it. That's it for NFL re-signings. So we'll have to see moving forward. Draft is in two weeks. Uh, I hope that the draft is fun. Uh, Last year was really, really weird doing everything kind of um, everything was just so weird doing it all virtual I think the NFL did it nicely uh, I know a few people were complaining that not everyone's wearing masks everything was like all these weird guests but all those people can fuck off at this point so uh, either way that was uh, a little bit of NFL news uh, Vikings preview a little bit of review um, Either way, uh, thank you for listening to episode 29. Uh, Everybody, uh, have a good weekend.